Welcome to another episode of Fred's Enlightenment, and um, you guys must be bored with me saying this over and over again, but I just have to because I understand uh, a couple of things that I feel that the um, the guest is coming with very expensive stuff, this commodity man of time, because time is such a precious commodity. One has to learn how to respect and honor time, just like everything else, and once you learn to respect and honor time, time will bring much of your desires outcome to pass with some additional knowledge. The other three journey, the journey house, power, pain, all of those things that you talk about in a drama. And so we are excited that Carrie is here to share some of this beautiful stuff with us while we are here on this planet Earth to assist you and I to become better human spirits. Carrie, welcome to President Enlightenment. Thank you, Ken. It's really nice to meet you and I appreciate you having me on your show. Thank you. Introduce yourself to the folks. Tell them how you do you serve because I tell them I try to admonish them to hurry up and get to the space of becoming a servant because it is so beautiful, it's powerful, and all of those other things. How do you serve mankind? Well, um, I'm best known for helping people understand their dreams. Um, I, I feel that um, whether it's an evolutionary mechanism or like you're probably familiar with the 33rd chapter of Job, where it says yeah. that's how you know that's how God reaches us or whatever. But you know, I believe that there's a lot of information, empowering advice, direction, you know, that comes from dreams, and a lot of you know, I help people, and I've been doing it since I was a little girl. I don't know why, but so wow. um, so I'm best known as a dream analyst. I have seven books. I I translate ancient texts. I've pretty much um, spent my whole life researching all philosophies, all religions, all, you know, and, and I kind of settled on Taoism as a framework for a lot mm -hmm. of my healing because it's very, um, it, it focuses on nature. It's a, it was a, when it was, when it was coming out, let's say 2500 BC, um, it blended with Hinduism to become Buddhism. But the basic ideas of Taoism are really founded in, you know, nature for four billion years has been making itself better. And we showed up seconds ago, but we're swept yeah. up in the same flow of, you know, like I call it adversity's elixir, like the challenges yeah. that we <laughs> need. If we look at nature, we can understand, you know, how things get stronger or, or like, you know, reach, reach, you know, for their potential. And I believe that, um, one of my, one of the most fascinating things that I've learned in nature is that at every moment, every single thing is a new and unique creation and that means yeah. all of us and so the whole you know the idea of formity or um trying to you know get approval from others i mean the greatest gift that we can discover is that even among our siblings we are unique and so i help people like really you know get comfortable in expressing that um that uniqueness because i really think it's important to then start to tap your gifts yeah so, I agree um, about that uniqueness, and I've been trying to um, allude to it for years, uh, educating my listeners to it, that there are industries that are birthed because of our uniqueness. We have voice recognition, face recognition, retina, all of these. Our phone works on retina and all these faces and all the different things, uh, and so the police department or the law enforcement would not survive much without that fact that each and one of us is so unique because fingerprints, that's how they know who did, um, who made a violation and so forth. So we are all unique. And when you leave, I'm just talking about the physical part of your uniqueness. I'm not, I haven't even gone in to the, uh, the part of your soul and who you are, how unique you are. So, yeah, you guys are precious as they come. And so you have to learn how to love that beautiful person when you walk in front of the mirror and see yourself in, in all of your glory. Harry, one of the custom that we do here at President Lightning is go back because we want to revisit some of those areas that we have uh, spend a few times, we call them years. And um, one of the first uh, block, if you will, where we spend some years is our family. What was your family like as a young uh, girl growing up? Um, well, it, I 
kind of had more of a situation where parents were more like siblings. I didn't have a lot of strong, you know, uh, thou shalt not, thou shalt, whatever in yeah. my life. It was, it was pretty free. In some ways, that was good. Um, I, you know, my, when I first started to ask questions of a spiritual nature, my mom gave me the book, The Source by James Mitchner, which I found yeah. fascinating. And I was probably 10. So, you know, wow. so that really has a lot to do with why I went on to pursue, you know, the, the story of our time here on the planet, you know, what we thought yeah. and who thought what. And, um, and, uh, then, and I grew up in the Midwest, so it was very wholesome. I really appreciate my early education. Um, that we, you know, I think the school, the schools in the Midwest were really tough. Like I was learning the bones of the body, path of the yeah. bloodstream in sixth grade. Later I moved to California and I was like in high school learning, um, how to read a ruler. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a little bit, a little bit different. Um, <laughs> And, you know, another kind of interesting thing is my aunt was actually an astrologer to Ronald Reagan, Nancy Reagan's oh, wow. astrologer. And so yeah. I, spent a, I spent a lot of summers in L.A. with her, and she actually taught me astrology at probably age eight. And, um, wow. you know, obviously, and I, you know, it's just one of the tools of, of like, like life is, we can look at our life, we can look at our dreams, we can look at a mandala, we can look at an astrology chart, we can talk to, you know, a priest or you know there's a lot of different ways that we can get answers of you know about our journey and you know, i just i just find astrology is kind of like a html <laughs> looking yeah. behind the screen um, yeah but again that's something you know that that is in the bible that we're, we're the stars are there as a sign and the wise you know. man used it yeah. the wise <laughs> yeah. man so, used it to guide him yeah so. yeah and and i was pretty um athletic i was a gymnast i was like an, an achiever but i but i was always um you know my mom uh passed recently uh, in the summer and i felt like she came to me recently and said don't lose your wholesomeness um mm. and, and i thought what kind of word is that like i mean but i do remember her maybe using it when i was young and I think that would be a way that I would describe my childhood. It was wholesome, and I was wholesome. And when I say wholesome, I mean unjaded. And yeah. it's very, it's hard. I'm now 61, and it's hard to go through life and not I'm jaded, you know? So that, yeah. I think, is a real accomplishment <laughs> to <laughs> just to remain wholesome and innocent. Yeah, and, that's and in, um, stuff. And in wonder. <laughs> yeah. It is tough, but I think, I actually think that's what we're called to do and called to live. I believe that we're called to live that way all of our life. Introduce me to this young girl, this young eight and ten year old, Kara, because she's exposed here to some incredible information. One, your, your aunt, um, from her side, the other is your mom. This, as you stated earlier, that this young girl became a questioner at that young age. And when one begins to question, things happen. Talk to me well, about some of those things that happen as you begin to question. Uh, okay, so the it fabric. started. Yeah, it started a little bit before that because I was probably around four or five or six in those eight in those years, and huh. um, I had something called uh, complex partial seizures that mm -hmm. was diagnosed when I was thirty. So my early life, I didn't know why I was having out of body experience. So, um, that when I went to see a neurologist in my thirties, the first thing he said is, he, you know, cause it's, it's a form of temporal lobe lepsy. Um, so the first thing he said is, you know, you have out of body experiences and I like almost fell on the floor. Like uh, that's wow. why I voraciously read everything trying to understand why I'm so different from everybody. Why I, you know, seem to understand the metaphorical language of dreams. And, you know, mm -hmm. I just had, I just had this other. So I was already a questioner, you know, when I, when I was little and I feel like, um, I know later in life when, when that neurologist diagnosed what was happening, people were like, Oh wow, that's all it was. It's just, you know, I'm like, it doesn't take away the experience of what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so I mean, like by day, I, I was very, um, I was, I, I want to say competitive. I wanted mm -hmm. to win. I wanted to succeed. So, um, but, but I was also, very curious about everyone around me you know yeah. like i was very um there for people you know what i mean and mm -hmm. and of course like interpreting them to their dreams when i was yeah. really young i would interpret people's dreams and um 
And so the, the actual seizure would come on at the onset of REM sleep. So like my brain would trigger into REM and boom, I would like leave my body. And can I tell you something that's kind of a crazy story? Yeah, please. (laughs) So when this was happening, everything would get distorted. So mm-hmm. like I'd be up, I'd be up by the ceiling, I'd be down by the bed, I, uh, under the bed, you know, I'd be moving all over, and everything would be tall and skinny or short and fat, like stretched mm-hmm. out, elongated. And yeah. years later, around the time like in my thirties, I went to an Einstein conference at UCLA, and they were uh, I'll just try to go through this really fast so I don't lose anybody, but they were talking about travel at the speed of light, and they yeah. were showing pictures of what it would look like, and everything is distorted. And so what I, what I took, meaning that if you go forward, that dimension collapses, so it gets short mm-hmm. and fat. If you go sideways, yeah. it gets tall and skinny. So what I took from that is that whatever was happening to me when I was a little girl, and a few kind of went away as I began to do my work, as you, you know, but, but it, it showed me that we have an energetic state, what you would call soul, right? Yeah. That, that away from the body, we are moving in this energetic condition. So, yeah. so it really, for me at a very young age, validated the, the idea that we do have these two existences. Yeah, it's a powerful story. Um, because I, that's why I wanted to go back and get some information on this young girl as to what was happening because those are some intense things. And we know that, um, some of the principles that you're talking about are uh, dream interpretation, all that stuff. Joseph in the Bible was one of those type of right. and The Bible did say that in the last days and that uh, young men will dream dreams and so forth and older men will see visions and all of these different things. So this is still alive and well and um, dream state. And I know about traveling because in my meditation, many times I've left and uh, went traveling and uh, coming back into different things and so forth. Uh, one day I'm going to talk about that, but I mean, I've seen <laughs> some incredible um, journeys and locations that I've been to uh, while doing my meditation and so forth. So here's this girl. She has been touched or tapped, if you will, by the supernatural, and she's moving through. She's uh, picking up some of your story. It seems as a very empathetic young woman because a young girl because she's here helping others and so forth already become a servant already as you're moving through into the high school age if you will because back in high school age is where we start um you know uh, uh, developing all kinds of stuff and we get a taste of uh, um, more personalities and stuff like that. How is this sensitive young girl spiritual um, moving through in that space? That's a good point because that really left a mark on me my high school years because, um, you know, I was was a cheerleader, I was attractive, I had a lot of attention, but I was on an island. Like, I felt like, and and I had a sense that everybody felt the same way. Those are the toughest years to, um, to have the sense of, you know, the fear of the future, the fear of whether you fit in, you know, whatever it is that's yeah. going on. That's what led me. I started to uh, do a course when I was older with high school students. I actually worked in East L.A. with kids that were at risk of going, uh, joining gangs. I would do these creative programs with them because I felt like they were on an island, you know, that, yeah. and, and what was, that's another thing that I really promote is art and education. It's the only yes. way that a child can tap into it. Luckily, I was a poet, you know, yeah. so I had a connection yes. to my inner vision, my drummer, you know, but, but what I found is these kids, they wouldn't say anything. Like, let's say I had 10 kids at risk of joining gangs in a, in a room, and I take them through a six-week course of using various art, you know, like, um, and I would, and by having them write a poem about a feeling, but don't talk about the feeling, talk about something in nature that personifies it, pretty soon they're sharing the idea among them that they all feel the same way, and the blossoming that occurs. I know it kind of went beyond what was happening to me in high school, but I feel yeah. like it really it inspired me later to do a lot of work yeah. with that, you know, that age group. And I actually started working. My first job, I worked for Mario Andretti. <laughs> I'm not wow. kidding. He had a racetrack <laughs> in Sacramento yeah. around the years that he was winning the whatever it was, the Formula races. The Formula, yeah, yeah. So Formula One. and the, yeah, and so I, uh, I basically 
finished high school early, you know, you can take tests and and, and then yeah. do work experience or whatever. And I had my own apartment at 15. Wow. Can you believe that? Like, that was I was incredible. working. I, I didn't have any dishes. I had, like, maybe one pan and a bag of peas. <laughs> and I love it. I never forget that. Like, it was like, <laughs> I always wow. talk about when, when tough times are coming, oh, my God, I got to go back to the bag of peas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, go back to what's familiar. I tell people that's, that's human nature. We, we kind of go back to things that are uh, familiar, and that's why we find ourselves many years later with some of the craziest people because we're going back to that emotional fix that was um, comforting when we were younger. You said one of the things that I love that you had talked about, engaging the um, one's imagination. It is very important. Imagination is one of the tools that you will need as you begin to move through life that will come and assist you to um, get your desired outcome. Um, and so I, I always tell people, activate it. How, find the way how to do it. Art is one of the most powerful ways to do it. And uh, poetry and all, song, whatever, however, activate it. Learn the principles within it. Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge. And yeah. I thoroughly believe that. Like, I believe so. I, I mean, the, it's the bridge to the possibility. As opposed yes. to being stuck in the known. So, yep. they, you know, they met, and in school, they, they don't, they treat it like it's some kind of, you know, there. recess, recess, like yeah. go out and play or do art. And how can a child really cultivate that unique individual that, that nature has created, God's created? How can they cultivate that without the tools to like look within and have the inspiration to design their version of the flower or tell yeah. their story? You know, poetry's a great thing to develop the imagination and self-esteem. Poetry helps a child express emotion. Like in that, yes. in that metaphor, um, they they can hide, <laughs> so they can yes. be more expressive without giving away what might they might be embarrassed to share, or you know. So, um, and, and in fact, that's what I see in dreams. Dreams yeah. have that same quality. They use metaphor symbols. And they evoke an emotional response. So we can get to that later if you want to know more about dreams. Yeah, but we're going to yeah, get some yeah. of that because I, I have books on it as well. It's uh, yeah. dreams. It's really interesting about dreams. Mine, uh, Carrie's, it's, I don't remember them much, but when I do remember them, they're always past. every single one of them. There's not a time that I, um, but when one is very uh, impactful, emotional, uh, intense, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll wake up and I will begin to write notes about it, but it would be very vivid and I would make, know what it is, but I would write my notes and uh, those events would come to pass every time. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. Uh, I mentioned before, guys that are listening, um, Joseph in the Bible, um, he changed his life as he became an interpreter of uh, dreams. He actually became uh, the ruler of Egypt because he knew how to interpret dreams. So um, interpreting dreams will get you promoted, if you will. If you <laughs> I, I was going to say, that's my next goal, is to become the ruler of Egypt. <laughs> but but I, wanted, I, I wanted to touch on one thing that you mentioned. It's yeah. normal not to remember your dreams. I'd say 95% yeah. of people don't remember your dreams because we're not meant to. I mean, our yeah. dreaming process is like our digestion. You know, there's yeah. there's some nourishing things that we've eaten, and there's some not, and things that are good or kept, other things are eliminated, and the whole dreaming process. Like I feel like ego plays a big part of our daily routine, and ego yeah. is really just the face of our defense mechanism, our our fear of survival, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And we can we can encrust ourselves in a in a state that we won't change, and we can start to like get self behavior. And when we fall asleep, there's portions of the brain that abate that don't have the same, you know, control over us. And if there was a way that the, the metaphysical, as you call it, God, whatever you want to, nature's evolutionary drive, if there's a way for this mystery to reach us, it's going to be in that condition. And yeah, safe, we don't yeah. necessarily, yeah, so we don't necessarily have to remember the dream, but, but every, it, we're spending almost half of our lives in, a, in exploring ourselves in our self-created 
you know, uh, we're growing every bit as much from the dreams that we're having as we are from those experiences we're having by day. Yeah, and, I agree. And I even, agree even more, even more so, you know, because yeah. we don't have, um, our fears and ego and everything protecting us from, um, exploring possibilities. As this young girl moving through, because we are talking, you are, what a powerful story in the sense that all of these, you're awakened and yet you're dealing with the limitations, if you will, and you're learning about the imagination, those, um, parts of us that are, goes beyond the fearful world that can create, bring whole things from the spiritual realm into the natural realm. The imagination is very important in that aspect. Athletes utilize it when they get in front of the, the, the starting block. Even way before that, they're utilizing imagination as they're beginning to see themselves running and all these different things. Here's this young girl. She's looking at college. She's looking at her future. She got her own job at 15. She's working, got her own place. And you're looking into your future, Carrie. What do you see as this 15-year-old girl with the beans and the one pot? Uh, what does she see <laughs> as she's looking in that direction, if you will? It looks dark. I mean, I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. When yeah. I was a teenager, it, I would, you know, it was, uh, I didn't have the, I guess, like I said before, I was having this, these seizures until I started to do the work. And yeah. the, when I looked forward, I was just basically trying to take care of myself. That was all I was concerned with, you know, like mm -hmm. getting the education, taking the jobs, whatever, you know, getting the right car or working. You know, I went from that racetrack job to I started, I learned import-export in the Port of Sacramento. I got transferred um, to Phoenix, Arizona to sell ocean freight. Now, I'm a good-looking little blonde youngster. You know, trying yeah. to do sales work. And so, of course, I had a lot of that, not, you know, uh, sexual harassment, I guess you can call it. You know, yeah. like I had to encounter a lot of like stuff that wasn't, wasn't great. And then, but because I knew import export, I got a job on Rodeo Drive. So I definitely feel I went like on this roller coaster ride of, yeah. you know, rags to riches or, you know, so I became a buyer. I, be, I got the job that every girl dreams of. I'm 22, 23 years old. I'm traveling yeah. around Europe, going to runway shows, um, what, you know, staying in castles, eating at the finest restaurants in Milan, Florence, Paris, Germany, all over. And yeah. I kept having this dream of I would be getting on the plane with the rest of the buyers, but I didn't have my makeup. And in the dream, mm -hmm. it was so important. And a lot of that being in that environment, it was so shallow and it was so disturbing at some level. Yeah. That I finally realized that this isn't me. I, the makeup is, I, I can't put on a face, play a yeah. part. And that's when I shifted from, um, the darkness of the, whatever life I was living from my teens to about 22 is when I, um, decided I need to keep pursuing this. Um, I was called to, yeah. like, to, by looking through all the ways of why the things that were happening to me metaphysically, it was like I just, I, I honest to God, I had boyfriends that had to hide all my books from them. I mean, I had like, wow. books, I had wow. books everywhere and I'd shove them under the bed or under the couch, wow. and, you know, like, and, and I made a commitment then to, um, to be a servant. And, and that's, that's another thing you, you were talking earlier about, you know, how helping other people. And what I find is that when we put ourselves in a position to help somebody in need, that's when we discover our gifts. And just by, I, I was confident enough to know that, hey, somebody's tapping me on the shoulder to do yeah. something. I just need to put myself out there. And, and as I, as I work with others, you know, that's where I got involved in arts and education and working with at-risk kids or working with the elderly, you know, and so, but I don't know if I answered yeah. your question. See, no, it's I'm, perfect. Yeah. That's <laughs> I absolutely around perfect. The universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a young age to, um, to become, to make the decision. And I, I tell people about this all the time. One lives a circular life until we decide. Um, until then, we're thinking about it. And the thinking about it phase can go for 10 years. 
15 years, 20 years, 30 years, you're thinking about it. And then one day, there's something happened, and I believe it's, it's the subconscious individual. I don't think it's the, the conscious individual. I think it's the subconscious one, the spiritual aspect one. says, okay, no. And when that one makes that decision, all of a sudden, Carrie, the spiritual realm began to manifest things, uh, pulling things to us because it's basically been waiting for that decision to say, um, yeah, but it's not, it's not bed of roses. Process now has begun. <laughs> right. Tell people, the process, when you get there and you make that decision, the, the new beginning, if you will, has begun and things will begin to shift, but it's a road that is going to take you some time. You made that decision. You, the Bible says, decide a thing and it shall be established. And now you have decided that this is your path. What did you begin to do at that space? Because you are not the one of the, that are looking at the natural. You wanted to go to the supernatural and your world is all about the natural at that point. What, once you made that supernatural decision, what began to manifest in your life and where did it take you? Well, I, I mean, I, I have to say that when you get on a path of doing, you know, what you feel is, uh, work that is helping others, you kind of expect rainbows. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, like a, like a, like a, a big lie. Yeah, you expect like things like, oh, oh, the angels are clapping and look at, let's yeah. just make sure she's protected. And it's just yeah. the opposite. The opposite. It's, just, yeah. it's the opposite because, you know, there, there's the idea that suffering is what brings us, uh, which is what strengthens our faith. It's yes, what brings us closer, so. closer to the guidance or, you yeah. know, and, and I did, I, I experienced a lot of, um, of upheaval. Like yeah. I married, I married a man that was an actor about the time that I was, you know, a buyer on Radio Drive. Um, and what this is like in the eighties, nineties, early nineties, just, just right when Magic Johnson came out and yeah. announced that he was HIV positive, 80s. we were trying to get health insurance because he wanted to have children. And this is when I'm working in all these schools and I'm doing all this great work. I had a big, you know, art festival with all the senior citizens in the park in LA, you know, mm. like they were yeah. doing drama. I was like, <laughs> everything was golden and wonderful. And anyway, he came home and told me he was HIV positive. So uh, as a uh. heterosexual couple, that's very, um, it's different because there's no, it, at the time, who was I going to talk to that yeah. relate to yeah. this sort of thing? And of course, my first feeling is, why, after all this good work for all these years, why are you punishing me? You know, I mean, it's the, it's the age old story. That. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, and of course it was after that that I went to the, you know, at that weekend, I, you know, and, and you have to think at the time, I believed I was HIV positive too. You just do, yeah. you know, because I've been married to this guy and I, and it turns out I wasn't. And that, that's what, you know, that, that relationship, as much as we're great friends, you know, obviously it ended, but, um, that weekend, I had already signed up for that conference, that Einstein conference I mentioned earlier, and yeah. I didn't know if I should go, and, and that was when I sat in the audience and saw, that was when I got the confirmation. Two days after finding out is when I saw that when you travel at the speed of light, <laughs> things get yeah. distorted, which was what affirmed what was happening to me when I was six and five, and, you know, that yes, you were... It was kind of like an affirmation that you see, yeah. that, that nobody can help make sense of, you know. I would try to tell mm -hmm. people around me, but look, you travel at the speed of light, and that shows that you have a soul. And they're like, okay, <laughs> where are you, what are you smoking? <laughs> so, um, and, you know, and that's kind of what the journey is, is, is it's, uh, it's, 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 the big word is faith. The big word yeah. is that wholesomeness, innocence, that ability to, like, maybe to right now, I don't understand why it looks so dark and bleak, but I I know that I'm loved. I know that um, somebody's continued to tap me on the shoulder, and I'm going to yeah. keep searching. I'm going to keep listening. I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to try. I'm going to be, you know, and let's just see what, what unfolds. And so, yeah. so that was kind that of awesome. that period. <laughs> yeah, I just I had a conversation with someone I was just, uh, bringing some information to someone about what you just talked about. 
And I told them that when one, and I took some stories out of the Bible, because my background is church, I grew up in it, um, and I was a pastor and so forth, and so I'll tap into some of that uh, um, information to bring out the story. I was telling someone, when one starts on a faith journey, you, uh, as you said, we think that we're taking care through the tulip and everything is all nice, but every story that you look in the Bible and you they started their faith journey, uh, most of it uh, was about their the testing of their, their faith journey. And I took uh, a couple of stories. I took one with this woman in the issue of blood where she went to her doctors and, you know, she believed in the healthcare system and she spent all the money on a rich woman. And then someone said that Jesus is a healer. And so she said, she made a decision inside of her. It says, she said within herself, if I could touch the hem of his gun, I'm going to get what I want. And so she proceeds to go to, to where he was. But there's a crowd of people and her test was that crowd. She had to get through that crowd to get to him because she said, I just need to touch the hem. I don't, I don't need anything else. But that was her test. And she began to pursue. And uh, when she tapped it, he said, somebody touched me. And everyone looked at him and said, oh, really nuts. Uh, there's tons of people touching me. He says, no, something came out of me. Some power came out of me. Someone touched me with purpose. And uh, there's another story. He took a couple of stories, Carrie, which was really beautiful. And I, uh, and I brought these stories to see and show the individual what the principle was. And so what kept her moving? She was focused on what she said. If I could touch him, I'll get it. Now, then there's another story. That whole scene was this other guy, Jarius. He's standing there. He came to Jesus first. He said, my daughter's sick, but if you come and lay your hands on her, she will be healed. And Jesus said, okay. And then this issue with the, the, this woman, with the issue of that she touched him and so forth. And then while they're going to Jairus' house, his people came and said to him, hey, don't bother the master. Your daughter is dead. And it says that Jesus immediately heard that and said to Jairus, don't listen to those folks. Only believe. And so what was he saying to him? Focus on what you said. Don't listen to the new data that came in that is contrary to what you are asking for and your focus is on. And don't do it. And uh, he went and he got exactly what he wanted. That is his test was the new data that his people brought into him, told him that data of fearfulness. Every time you start your journey, guys, Pay attention to this. It is always testing. The testing is coming to see if you mean exactly what you said. It always and, some, and, happens. and sometimes the testing is what shapes us. That's you know, right. That's it, the whole purpose like, of it, I believe. I always say uh, life only meets us halfway. The other part yeah. of the journey allows us to discover what we're capable of. So yes. it's kind of like we can't really... Like we, like, in fact, I just recently wrote a blog article called The Adversities Elixir. And, you know, it's like, it's such a natural part. It's like the relationship that we have with adversity or conflict or just, you know, it's, if we, if we could just see it as the same steps forward as success, success always Mm -hmm. comes with a little bit of, you know, and, and so when sometimes very challenging, and I'm not talking about like trying to win a race and not make it, when, when you're really, you know, feeling grief, so you lose a loved yeah. one, you lose a job, you know, when life turns upside down, yeah. it's because some, somebody, some, their God, whatever you want to call it, is, is grooming you. It's yep. like the relationship that we have with that is so important. Creation is darkness first. Right. And I tell people, when there's darkness in your life, you know that something is about to be created. There's some, something new coming out of you. And uh, once it comes out of you and you get it, then it will manifest. But creation, it's said that he, when he showed up, it was dark and then he began to speak. Because and it's so a sunrise. So you begin to speak. Yeah. It's a and sunrise. It's a rebirth. Yes. It, I mean. It is. It's absolutely. And you can't have the rebirth without the darkness. Absolutely. Sometimes you can't find your inner light until you until yes. it's dark. That is the purpose yeah. of the darkness, Karen, to make you aware of the inner ones. <laughs> so I, right. and I tell people, you have to learn how to shift your perspective. And when you shift your perspective, um, you will always become, and it's always a small shift. It's not a major thing when you shift it. It's how you perceive your situation. Why is it there? The purpose of your pain, I would tell people, what is the purpose of your pain? So when you, 
what is the purpose of your darkness as you begin to investigate it, it'll reveal itself and then you get to twenty something years old. Go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Which which is why, you know, I like Taoism as a framework. Um because it it teaches you to have no mind, right? Like yes. Taoism is the practice of removing boundaries. So it teaches us a lot about compassion, about being part of something bigger than us, um, the 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 remembering to forget, which is actually mm-hmm. something that happens, yeah. happens naturally to old people because <laughs> they're about yeah. to go over. But, <laughs> yeah, girl, <laughs> but, I'm you know. 62, so I know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, you know, like, so we call it Wu Wei, right? Like, yeah. so the, the practice of, it's a, it's such a great uh, framework for developing faith because whether the faith is that, that you're feeling that nature is leading you to some, you know, something greater or whether you believe, you know, God is, you know, shaping you into your uniqueness. And I, again, I believe every single human being is going to, there's no one like us and only we know what no. it means to be fearlessly ourselves. And we have yes. to, and that's where, that's where we're being prodded and pushed to do that. Um, so, and so Taoism, that, that's why I use it a lot with my students because it does, um, it allows us to, to be like, um, to, to understand what I call tranquility and disturbance, you yeah. know, to remain in, you know, I like to teach people to be at the threshold of perspective, meaning like yeah. right behind your nose, just stay there and don't overthink it, don't embroil. Don't cause anything to be, you know, more crazy than it needs to be. Just observe. Uh, know what's yeah. yours, know what's not yours, you know. And, and so this sort of calm observance, then, you know, you, you start to see that maybe right, maybe our idea of time is that we should have answers right away. And sometimes it takes weeks and, but we're patient mm-hmm. and we, yeah. we don't push and prod. And, you know, so it does, it does lead to, to faith. You know, to yeah. the development of faith. So it's kind of a, yeah, it's a beautiful word. And one um, thing, one other thing, I just have to say one, one other thing okay. about Taoism that I think is really cool. Cause you're, you were talking about technology before. Leibniz yeah. in the 17th century is uh, mm-hmm. a scientist. He took the Yijing, that Yijing is one of the ancient Taoist books. It's a whole yeah. other story, but, um, they, everything is based on yin and yang, open and closed. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of an Yijing, you know, diagram, it's got maybe a line, line, an open line, a closed line. Well, he yeah. took that and he, he turned it sideways and he said, how is it that one open and one closed line could become the 10,000 things that's described in the Yijing? And that's what led him to develop binary code, which is at the root of all of our technology today. Open and closed, open and closed, zeros and ones. So I just think that's really fascinating. That's something from 2500 BC, or the ideas from, you know, way back when inspired the technology that we, we think we're so far advanced today. <laughs> Don't I you think, think that's are, cool? I, I know. I think, I think we're getting dumber, to be honest, <laughs> um, in a way, because uh, they said in, in the principle, there's nothing new under the sun. And so they had technology that um, were built pyramids and still don't know what it is today and all of our technology. And so we have, we've been, uh, we've lost something. And when you look into the stories and in, in there's a particular story that says that it took two men with uh, a pole to bring a bunch of grapes out of one place. That's some big grapes, if you will. So we've lost some knowledge somewhere. But here's this 20 something year old girl. When did she? Because I know the questions began, the quest is beginning to what it does to an individual. When did she uh, bring in Taoism into her life as she's moving through this process? Because as, as you, it was a pivotal part in you and it has uh, grabbed much of you and began your journey. Where did you begin to pick that up and who led you there? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't until much later because... Yeah. Um, after uh, what happened basically in my 30s is where we were at with my um, husband and the Einstein yeah. conference and blah, blah, blah. You know, things got a little bit distorted because obviously it's a difficult way to have a relationship. And mm-hmm. um, and in some ways I had to like, like I I was being undermined in my ability to believe I could, you know, how relationships can get. Yeah. And, and yep. we can get disempowered and, and that's, and I really felt like I was crawling on the ground eating rocks to get out of here. Wow. Like a marine and, 
and then and so wow. I went through all I went through a period where I managed like a huge real estate company, you know, doing a lot of sales, and I became a leader. You know, I became I you know I kind of left my healing journey for a bit, and yeah. um and really would would work with people to help them achieve their goals. That was a lot like what I had already been doing, right? Like believe in yourself and what are yeah, your gifts yeah. and. Um, and so it was, it was after that, that again, I was, you know, I was so not fulfilled by the type of, by the money I was making, like the hand yeah. over this money. And, um, it, it was just not fulfilling for me. And it's and not designed I, to be. <laughs> yeah. And so that's when I, that's when I started writing books. So that, would, you know, yeah. that would be like in the early 2000s or, or whatever. And as I was writing one of the books, like I never felt like I, I never felt like I wrote a book. I felt like the book wanted yeah. to be written, and I was the scribe. I, you know, yeah. I, whether I would dream portions of it, or it would, you know, I would work with the client, and it, things that would come out of that would be in the book. Or, well, I, the, I had written a book called The Mythology of Sleep, which is a good mm-hmm. handbook for people that wanted to dream therapy with people. It's, a, you know, it's, I have another book of mine's here that's just a dream dictionary, and I have like a website that you can interpret your dreams. But this particular book, I see dreams like the hero's journey um, because mm-hmm. there's like, it's all about you. The landscape has got a lot of really great information. You're trying to understand your destiny, you know. And so I took the mythology from all over the world, uh, starting in chapter one with uh, the Norse and then the Egyptian. And, you know, by mm-hmm. the time I got to the, I think it was eighth chapter, I got to the Chinese. That was where yeah. I... Um, you know, it seemed like everything in the eight trigrams in the Chinese yeah. was exactly what I had just written in the previous chapter. And so, so it was then that I really was like, wow, I, the, the ideas that came, you know, I, I, I love <laughs> this conversation. Um, so here you are. I, I actually read that book too, and I read many, uh, uh, Lo Tao's, uh, books and, Confucius and all these guys, I for some reason I felt a connection to Chinese writing and, and philosophy. Um, I was very uh, enthralled with the summarized philosophy, all these guys, and so I was drinking up from uh, Asia all of the different types of uh, Japanese, uh, Chinese, but Chinese, when it came to spirituality, I was being pulled a little towards that. I studied Chinese martial arts and stuff like that. And so um, it opened me up to many adventures in the realm of the spirit. And um, uh, meditation became one of my friends uh, that I utilize in my life to help me to become who I am today. So here you are, you, you're beginning to write and uh, you're beginning to um, release some of that knowledge that was inside of you. And uh, as you're doing that, Talk to us about your life at this period because here you are, you are, uh, you came out of your situation and, um, said you felt like one of the army boys, <laughs> military guys. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> yeah, it felt like a real survival, uh, you know, like, like I just, I did, you know, and that was what was w- weird is I didn't believe in myself. Like somehow I had, become, yeah. out of all those things I had accomplished up to that point, they were worthless. Because somehow yeah. I got totally disempowered, and so yeah, the climb back up was kind of um, was like great because it really I felt I felt really good about myself, and I think that was that was where I started to take all of the stuff I learned in leadership, yeah, and I started to apply it to the healing. It wasn't so much it wasn't so much now just about oh what are you feeling, but you know how can I help you feel better? It became like. Are you ready to own <laughs> what you're? Yeah. Are you ready to own your story? Are you ready to be a hero? Are you ready to yeah. be the best you can be? And so it's kind of so it came out more like uh, that. And uh, how, so yeah. How did you put yourself back? Uh, because a lot of people are training; they're eating rocks, if you will. <laughs> and for those that are eating rocks, because it is a painful place. I've been there. I've been. I was eating rocks for years, and. Um, I didn't believe in myself. I hated myself and I had to learn how to love this beautiful, uh, creature in front of, uh, the listeners and those that are listening to us. I have to learn how to love. Can I just say, let me just sing your praises for a second because you are, you're amazing. Go ahead. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> I had to learn to love him because they accept him and all of the things. So I understand about eating raw. What were some of those things as, because you were here in it, in the spiritual realm for a while, and people don't understand that uh, we put ourselves in a situation that causes us to get to that place where we are military style living, if you will. Mm-hmm. How did you begin to, what tools, Barry, did you start bringing in to help you? Because you have to help you first yeah. before you can really right. help those outside of, and, of you. And that goes to what you were saying earlier about the darkness that precedes the rebirth, the sunrise, you know? Like, yeah. um, sometimes we may think that the path that we're on and the path that we're carving for ourselves is the right path, and it's not. You know, yeah. so it, I wasn't meant to mother actual children. You know, in yeah. fact, when people asked me when I was a little girl what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said a nun. Like, <laughs> you know, but but I'm too crazy and wild to be a nun, and I've got yeah. like this whole tapestry of of ideas that I've like danced with all my life. And but I am a nun, or I am still, you yeah. know, the mother that is like out to help and do, do whatever I can to make this world a better place, you know. So um, I think that at, when when you go through that darkness, I think at that point, I, d- I didn't have a lot of faith because, mm-hmm. again, you know, I, uh, I I thought that staying in that relationship was the godly thing to do, was the right yeah. thing to do. And I was basically pushed out of it because it was just un- untenable. So when, you, when you're down on your knees eating rocks and climbing out of like the darkest pit all you have is your imagination all you have is the little voice that you've had your whole life and you basically you know go back to that and what what was that i love to create i love to dream i love to and so i you know i became a marketing um i just i remember going on interviews I think I did floral design for a little bit, but, you know, yeah. I just was like, I was so full of energy. Boy, what, if they say intelligence is wasted on youth or whatever, but <laughs> I was so, I was so just, you know, vivacious. And, and I think, you know, some, somebody, that's how I ended up running real estate company is yeah. I started in marketing. I ended up kind of like being the cheerleader for the whole company with all the ideas. I let it, I actually created one of the first websites that had all the MLS listings before Realtor.com. You may not know what that is, but so I worked a lot in Yeah, so I was a real forerunner for a lot of the technology that, you know, that we just, you know, use today, which is how I started developing apps later. Like, so I did, like, get this, and I don't know if you can tell, I have this sort of scientific plus creative plus spiritual. Okay. I have this, like, I have this weird, <laughs> weird mix. And that's really what, what my website is that yeah. basically online technology for self-help. You know, people can help yeah. themselves with all these little tools and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was just that you only have yourself. I mean, that would be my direct answer, that when yeah. you're down on your knees, you just you kind of go back to what part of me has been unchanging all through all the is my yes. wholesomeness, is my imagination, is my, you know, exuberance to feel that there's a, that there's light, not darkness, you know. I know I can make it come back, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, you go back to your power, man, um, your mm-hmm. superpower, as they say. And um, shame and all those things were part of my uh, time spent on the ground, if you will, <laughs> eating rocks. And I had to learn how to love me and so one of the things that I would do is every time I see myself, I would literally just kiss my hands and oh, um, that's nice. spend time. I would stomp and encourage that man, that man in front of me. I would tell him, "You're doing good. I am proud of you." I would talk to him, and so I encourage all of you to to talk to yourself. Um, I'm concerned with the ones who are talking to others, but those people that are talking to themselves, I'm like, I'm good with them because I, I, I've been there. You know, I don't think you're crazy or anything. I think you're just working stuff out. You know? <laughs> so I tell people, encourage you. You deserve to encourage yourself. Don't allow and, and expect it from someone else because they will tell you what they want you to be, but you will tell you what you need to be. And so 
as you have a difference of language, one will tell you what they want you to be, and one will, and you will tell you what you need to be. That is the difference. And once you understand that, you will communicate with yourself much more often. As you are here, and Carrie, you have now stepping out, you're implementing those principles. Those principles have lifted you up. You are now a leader, and you're still doing your author uh, writing at that point, I assume. Are you still mm-hmm. dancing within both worlds and learning the balance as one would learn from studying such beautiful books of the each and so forth? Or mm-hmm. were you all over the place at, as we uh, move through life? Where were you in the midst of all of these new changes and growth? I think that it was, like I said, that it was all the, the Taoism practice. I guess at this point, you could call me a Taoist master, really. I mean, I've got... Yeah. I've spent so much time with it that that that's what really uh, I'm still dancing, but I'm just not moving. You know, I'm like a tree. I'm like <laughs> I a, dance, really... girl. I dance. I put on my music. <laughs> no, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've got, I have like this sense, this sense of grace, calm. Yeah. You know, I don't need to push and pry yep. and embroil. I know what you're talking. You know, about. I can yeah. just go with the flow, yeah. and I feel good, even if it doesn't look good right now. I trust yeah. it's going to be good because that's how, you know, which brings us to like current events. Like yeah. there, there's two ways of looking at it. Like people yeah. are bad or people mm-hmm. are learning to do better things. And mm-hmm. in any period of history, there's always been this kind of chaotic, you know, dance towards something better. And, yeah. uh, and I, and I, I feel very optimistic and hopeful regardless of what's going on, you know, so. Darkness yeah, before light, Karen. It is, it is um, the, the cycle of creation. And mm-hmm. um, anytime you look at the Renaissance, you look at the Dark Ages, you look at all those different things, and um, you will see that cycle alive uh, there. The, recycle, it's, the cycle is alive within politics. It's alive within culture. It's alive within nature. Um, one has to be... Um, just a student of nature, as you, state, you talked about, and nature will teach you much. We were, di- we were directed to go to the ant. We are directed to look at the, at the, the stars. All of these things has um, information, uh, and that information we have to gain knowledge and insight as to what they are saying, so that we can um, can interpret what is being said. Like the wise men, um, the stars were talking to them. Um, and they had to have the knowledge to interpret what was being said. And with that knowledge, they went, started a journey because what it, the information was saying to them, there's a king born out there that you need to meet. And so as they began, as they gained their knowledge and understood it, it guided them. So nature is here to help us. And so when we, um, when we wrestle against her, she becomes pretty violent sometimes and tries to wake up us and get our attention. And um, we are in that space where she's being, um, she's and, trying and, to get our attention. And really, if you look anywhere in nature, transformation or that actual place before it is born, it can be really ugly. You know, like, messy as they you come. Know, and, and even like molecules, like yeah. uh, charges, they, they, things can be, can look like an explosion or whatever, but yeah. everything goes to a higher level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's birth it's, uh, and renewal. You, you, people do it. Forest uh, uh, rangers, as they say, you know, I lived in Florida for a little while. They burned the, the forest, and then what happens a couple of years is that the beautiful, fresh greenery that mm-hmm. comes out of that. And so um, you are shaking loose all and burning away all the shaft, as they say. And then the good stuff starts, gives the opportunity to grow. So what we're seeing in the world is the shaking, the burning away, and um, but there's a newness coming, and one has to be, you have to have the understanding, because as I said earlier, using the uh, the illustration of those uh, kings that came to that young uh, child, they have to have an understanding as to what, and the understanding will guide you. So when those that have understanding carry like yourself, you're looking at what's happening in the world, and we know that it is time for birth, and but it takes time, and the pain will intensify. Just like I said in the beginning, I was there and I watched my son's born. And usually the pain will intensify before 
because my wife made me aware of the intensity of the pain yeah. by squeezing no into my flesh and cutting <laughs> in with nails. So I'm very familiar with all of those things that happen. So here you are. You are the master. You're one of the masters of Taoism, and you are have learned, and you're in your servant position. What a beautiful I'm the, place. I'm the guest, not the host. That's where I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, and that's what I, I try to tell people. Um, make sure, I said, make sure one of the reasons, Carrie, that I have the conversation here is so that people will see who we, the guests are because I want them to understand that it's not one of those coach that got a, 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 uh, did a master class in two hours <laughs> and is now a coach, you know, and have no, not nothing in that. They never ate rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they never ate rock. And <laughs> learn how to cook some good stuff. And so I want them like to a bag see. Of peas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where you've been and how you came out. So here you are now standing as the observer and one that is able to guide. I like that more so than a coach where you're able to guide others to the greatness that is them. Talk to us as you're here right now. How are you, if you will? You're here in this space. How are you, Gary? How are you? Um, you know, it's it's been a challenging year because of the passing of my mother, and yeah. I've had like a lot of um, you know, I, when you get into our age, it, it's, yeah. it's these kinds of things happen. So I take it in stride. Um, but it's you know, it, it, I guess I feel that I'm glad that I have my philosophy that mm-hmm. to help me through some some of that. There's just a lot of changes that are going on, and um, and I don't know. I'm just I work. I get up. Uh, I don't feel like I'm working. I just yeah. feel like I'm being, you know, yes. being, and everything is taken care of. <laughs> Even though I, I go exactly. through the motions, exactly, yeah. you probably do the same thing. So yeah. you know, it's a good, it's a good feeling. Um, I yeah. like. I really, I love that uh, that I can have like a good uh, influence on the people that I serve. You yeah. know, I like that, that, it, that I did become a nun in a sense that, yeah. you know, that, it, that I allowed, that I didn't have like a real, you know, structure around me that I can use all the tools, not, you yeah. know, so that, those sorts of things. And, I hate uh, normal, Terry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this terminology that they use that we have to be normal. Right. I don't know what that is. And I don't like it. The word alone makes me like, mm-hmm. you know, Quiver yeah. and stuff like that. Because and I, I, live, seems I live in the wild, so I, yeah. you know, I, I, have, I have the perfect writer's retreat. I, mm-hmm. I wander through forests and granite cliffs and waterfalls. Wow. And, like the, if, if people go there on vacation, you know, and I, yeah. I feel like really grateful. There's a lot of, you know, I've made bears on the trail, or I hear yeah. like a, a mountain lion like yelling a mating call while I'm. In the middle of the night, like, okay, great. It's not just you. You're trying to invite, like, a bunch of guys. You know, so, but it's just that, and so that that's, like, that tranquility and disturbance when that beer yes. met me on the trail. It was the, yeah. it was the exact moment that, that my mom passed. I, my friend wow. got freaked out, so we left. I went home. I got the call. And that beer just came and stood right in front of me. You know, wow. so it's, it's kind of like, just accepting everything, you know? It is a great place to be. I tell people, most people, in order to grow, you must learn to surrender. Um, surrendering is the key to, to one growing because in order to go, when you're stretched and you're being stretched and you're coming to a new location, the stretching is to make you get on your knees and and say, I surrender to this. I am willing, if you will, to to go beyond what I understand. And we talked about faith earlier. And I'm at the point in my life where I feel uh, comforted, if you will, as I live, as I walk. I'm 62. There are things that my body and my mind are having different different conversations <laughs> sometimes. And um I have to learn how to mediate between them both so that we can have some peace in this house. And so it all of these things, but in that mediation, I've learned to rest and allow myself to be. And I challenge all of you guys that have been listening to us. And I always say to you, become a hearer, not a listener, because it tells us that the hearer is the one that changed 
makes it, it pushes beyond you seek, you become a seeker. The listener will find another podcast, but the listener, the hearer, will want to become more inquisitive, will become questioning. And when you come questioning uh, before someone like a sage like Harry, um, that's the stuff that gets us excited because we know that you are serious. If you're not coming with questions and you're just standing there, we're going to look mm-hmm. at you and want to know why you're here. But when you begin to ask questions, the disciples always was asking Jesus something. What did you mean when you said, why did you say that? And so he was able to engage in a deeper conversation, a deeper revelation that they would have with the crowd that was standing before them in the thousands, five thousand, and so forth. So become a questioner because that's where the good stuff lies and you'll be able to gain much information, knowledge, freedom, insights, all of those things. We have had Carrie here for an hour and I am privileged and honored uh, the honor that she's here. I'm going to provide everything for you guys to have access to her. You need to buy those books because those books house information and the information that is there is designed to set you free. But you have to come with a, a longing to learn. And when you come with that intention, things will happen as you begin to read those books because I know it was reading a book and a line, a few lines jumped out and uh, changed my life forever. And so I invite you guys to purchase her books. I'm going to put all of her stuff together so you can download. I know she has a book there that you can download as well. Get everything. Get into her space. Become acquainted with her so that she can be able to assist you so that you can become that beautiful being that you are here so that you can uh, learn to love you as you walk past a mirror and kiss yourself. Terry, well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming to President Enlightenment. Thank you so much, Ken. It's been a pleasure talking with you. It is an honor to have you here. <laughs>